This week on the Habs Forum, the Montreal Canadiens finally have a GM. We're only about an hour uh, separated from the press conference uh, with uh, with uh, the new GM, of course, uh, Kent Hughes. Uh, the conference, of course, also included Jeff Gorton and uh, Jeff Molson. Lots of really interesting stuff to talk about with that press conference. I, I I don't know about you, Dustin, but we haven't really talked about it a lot. But I was liking a lot of the answers that were uh, were being given. Of course, we're going to touch a little bit on the last few games. Two Canadians actually won yesterday, which uh, which was exciting. It only took about 50 saves from uh, from Montembeau, but you know, a win, a win's a win, uh, I guess. And uh, but yeah, the, the the main news really. It's I mean. Uh, all anyone's been talking about is has been all these rumors. Uh, there was a lot of. Uh, it basically sounds like it came down to to Dash Briard and uh, and Kent Hughes uh, in the end. Uh, I think a lot of people were kind of leaning towards Dash mainly because of his kind of experience with the Tampa Bay Lightning and all that. And I think people didn't know Kent Hughes quite uh, as much. Uh, I think I know you, Dustin, were had no interest in Briard. A lot of people weren't very excited on uh, on on Briaia. overall though like what was your first reaction to to Kent Hughes like being officially announced I mean like I, I think like a lot of people I mean I didn't know too much about him like you know obviously he was you know being an agent I mean like I, I don't know all the agent I couldn't I can't really name you any any agents aside from Emily Castonguay now because she was one of the one of the the girls that was uh, that was interviewed and Pat Brisson because everybody knows who, who he is um, so I obviously didn't know a whole lot about him um, you know I mean I, I really thought it was going to be Dash mm-hmm. um you know, it, it. I mean, it, he seemed like, to, and I, and I, he seemed, to, he appeared to be the favorite. I mean, obviously, you know, he he doesn't have a whole lot of experience. He's only been the assistant GM for a couple of years in Tampa, uh, but obviously, I mean, a, a very good track record there, uh, working under Julien Brisebois. Uh, but I mean, the more and more that 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 we've that we've sort of uncovered about him, everything that's been said about him, and his past. I mean, I, I I'm just getting more and more confident that he was the right selection. And I mean, in the press conference, I don't think he could have handled it any better than he did. I mean, I think he did a fantastic job. He looked confident. Um, you know, he didn't seem to get, uh, you know, th- th- there was a couple of tough, tougher questions that he had to face. Um, and, and I thought he handled them very well, very confidently. And, and obviously he's going to have to, He's going to have to deal with the French, with with the not just the French media, but the English media as well. And it's not going to be easy. And and you'd like to see that confidence right off the bat. And he seems he seems to have a have a solid plan. Him and Jeff Gordon. I mean, they're two guys that are going to comp that can complement each other very well. And uh, yeah, it's it's going to be exciting to see. Obviously, lots of work to do. I mean, this Habs team, obviously. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of a lot of holes. Yeah, a, a, a lot a lot of work to do, definitely. But, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I honestly, man, like, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, honestly, I, I think, I think it, it, it makes for a better podcast when we disagree more. But I can't, I really can't agree more. The more I learn about, uh, um, about Kent Hughes, the, the more, the more I like about. It. I, I, there was a specific moment in the press conference today where the, the, the question was actually directed at uh, Jeff Gorton, and he kind of stepped in and was like, I, I, I'd like to answer this one because I think, and like, it, it pertains to me. And 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 he basically said in that moment, like, I would not be here. If I didn't think I was qualified for the job and he had a bit of kind of 
intensity in him saying that like he, he wanted to squash that right away and like, there's been a lot of talk with the whole jeff gordon thing and him jeff gordon not being francophone and how like he's essentially the gm or they're just gonna hire someone to be kind of like the person in front of the camera uh, answering the questions and all that when, when in reality the real gm of this team is jeff gordon i i have in no way do i believe that's the case anymore i mean i don't think i think if anything delayed jeff gordon's decision because i do get the impression that that was um, uh, Kent Hughes. I mean, the, the Jeff Gordon. Kent Hughes with Jeff Gordon's first choice. I think there may have been a bit of a delay in 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 uh, Kent Hughes making the decision because I wouldn't be surprised if he wanted to make sure he wasn't coming here just to be kind of like second fiddle to uh to Jeff Gordon. Like he doesn't seem like the type of person that has any interest in doing that. It's not like he he was desperate for uh for another job. He's obviously in a in a great position, a very very successful agent, has a ton of uh, of, of great clients already, and. I, I, there's no doubt in my mind that he's here to to be a, the proper GM, and he's gonna have his his word to say just as much as uh, as Jeff uh, as Jeff Gordon will. And I just I, I was I was really impressed with him in, in, in the press conference. And honestly, the more I think about it, we're not used to seeing necessarily as often agents becoming GMs. But when you really think about it, it makes sense. I mean, they they also have to be talent evaluators. I mean, if you're a, an agent that has a lot of great players on on your roster. You you had to get those players usually when they were younger. You know you kind of had to have the eye for the for the future stars to to sign them uh, with you. And 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 you have a better grasp, I would think, on the overall business uh, side of being a GM than a former player would. Now I know that the the former players that we're talking to have been an assistant GM for a few years and things like that. But now we're with, 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 uh, with him, we're talking about like 20 years of experience and all that. Like, I, I really don't think that we're getting someone with, with less experience in getting, uh, someone who's been an agent for so long versus a former player who's been an assistant GM for a couple of years. I, I would argue that he has far more experience, uh, especially on the business side of things. And he's obviously involved in the, in the hockey aspect of it and evaluating talent and all that. And I just, he kept mentioning without prompt advanced advanced analytics and and advanced stats and stuff like that. And he, when when he said that his his vision in the modern NHL is offensive minded hockey and the, all the things he was saying, it just it just feels like it's a completely new regime. And I I am so excited. I I'm so excited for everything he said. It's exactly what I wanted to hear, basically. Like his vision for what he wants a hockey team, modern hockey team, to be, seems to finally be a vision of where the NHL is today. Versus like we've all we've complained about this on this podcast so so much with with the lack of adding like a puck moving defenseman and all that. This team has been stuck trying to build a team that's built to to, to win in 1995 instead of winning in 2020. You know, like I just I just loved everything about that press conference. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, uh, it ju it just felt like such a breath of fresh air over the last like 48 hours. And, you know, I mean, it's probably going to sound a little corny, maybe a little cliche, but like this season has been just like such a dark cloud. I feel like it, like it's yeah. almost surreal. Like it, it's like they've kind of been almost hard to follow. Like it's, you know, it's, it's even sometimes hard to watch the game, but like over the last 48 hours, like, like with it again, like just that breath of breath of fresh air, it feels like, you know, sort of that, that we're seeing kind of a ray of sunlight peeking through those dark clouds right now. And I mean, absolutely. And, and like, and you talked about it, you know, the fact that 
coming from a player agent, like definitely it's not something you see very often. And that was definitely one of the concerns. I think a lot of people had on Twitter and and definitely myself included, but, but it's really true what you just said, where sure. A guy like, like Briere and Dash, obviously they're, they're they're not the most experienced guys. I think Dash has been the the assistant GM. He's in his third year. Briere has, I think been in like a front office role for five or six years. So, I mean, you know, they have a little bit of experience before that, you know, obviously they're, they're players, but why are all these players getting these roles when, you know, maybe they have a, a handful of years of experience. And then you have a, like you said, I mean, this agent who's been an agent for 20 years, he knows all of the GMs. He's obviously interacted with all of them. He's obviously a very good negotiator. Yep. And when you take a look at, at Jeff Gorton's sort of track record, you know, they complement each other so well, they're going to do, you know, d- like, obviously two different roles basically that they're going to have mm-hmm. Jeff Gordon is going to focus on, on, you know, sort of develop like, well, development, scouting and stuff like that. And Ken Hughes, I mean, obviously a master, you know, he's He's going to be a very, very good negotiator. So, I mean, that's, that's another huge thing too. I mean, just two different, you know, skill sets basically. And, and that are just con- going to complement themselves so well. And, and I mean, like the Habs, you know, for, you know, as bad as this season has been, and and I'm sure probably realistically, it's going to be a rough couple of years, I think. But I mean, there, I think they couldn't be in better hands. And I, I honestly think, too, after years of of Bergerman as 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 the GM, and and look, I don't want to fully criticize Bergerman. He had he had some, he made some some great moves, and we did just go to the finals. Like, not, not that I necessarily think he built a finals caliber team versus the team just went on a crazy run. But the one thing about Bergman that like often people criticize, and sometimes I kind of said I liked that aspect of it, was he was a very, very emotional GM, right? He 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 was not not that he wasn't a good business mind, but he was a very emotional person when it came to making decisions and when it came like when he like when he signed Gallagher and all that. And and sometimes you have to wonder whether or not that kind of affected his uh, ability to to do to to make decisions maybe that are a bit more difficult. Uh, as as the GM and with someone like Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon, like both of them, because this this is uh, uh, this press conference showed us a lot about Jeff Gordon too. It, you you have true business minds that that are here to to join the team that I I really don't think, and I think in Montreal specifically where it's such a pressure cooker, and I I, I know it's it's. It's 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 cliche to, it's to say, but it really is. I mean, they even touched on him that, that he spoke to uh, Bill Guerin about it. Uh, I, I guess they have a relationship, and Bill Guerin compared the Canadians to the New York Yankees of the NHL or the Dallas Cowboys of, of the NHL. By that, they mean not just that they're the biggest franchises, but more specifically, they're the the biggest pressure. You know, I think there's a few teams that that fall in that category, but the Canadians are definitely one of them. And especially, I mean, there's unfortunately been a dialogue about him having the the anglophone name, even though it does shouldn't mean anything because obviously he's from Montreal but they they're they're not stupid right they knew that that was going to cause some ripples with some people and he he, he's ready to take that challenge and show that he's really you know the the business-minded person to get it done and I think that might be actually the thing that's that's required for a place like Montreal that if because we saw the toll being the GM of the Montreal Canadiens took on Bergerman like he in in the last 10 like it reminds me of of when the, you you see like you, pre- presidents in the United States and how they seem to age by like 30 years in their in their 8 years as president and like the, like Bergerman went through the same thing it almost seems like as the GM of the Montreal Canadiens you know like he looks like he's been through the ringer 
And I just, I, I don't know if it was, if it's, it's the best thing to have such an emotional person be at the helm of the team. And I, I just, I like, look, we haven't seen any moves yet. We, we don't know. Like, we might just, be, like you said, it's been such a dark season. It's easy to get excited about something new, but I mean, everything they were saying, just the fact, like I said before, like offensive-minded team that he's looking for. Like, how nice is that to hear? Considering, like, have we ever had an offensive-minded team in our time as fans of the Montreal Canadiens? Like, really? Yeah, Brad. No, I don't. I don't think so. At least not for not this century anywhere, even millennium. But uh, no, I mean, it, it's definitely a great addition. I mean great thing about obviously Ken Hughes too. I mean, he doesn't have any hair for it to turn gray. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he already lost all his hair. So it's all, that's perfect. I mean, you must, you must be loving the choice just because, I mean, it's an Anglophone Quebecer who is completely bald. I mean, you basically I mean, just got hired as a GM of the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> I mean, basically, I mean, <laughs> maybe I'm next in line. I mean, <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, no, like you're touching, I mean, it's, it's, it's unfortunate, you know, and I think obviously it's a very small minority that they were bringing up the fact that, you know, he's, he, he was born here, you know I mean? He's, you know, the, the fact that he's not a, he's not French enough or he's not Quebecer enough, which, uh, you know, I mean, uh, definitely sort of hit home for me because, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm born here. I've, I've lived here for 30, my whole life, 34 years. And, and I have, but maybe an even more English name than, than Ken Hughes. So, but uh, so I don't know if that doesn't make me Quebecer enough to uh, to be a real Quebecer. But uh, but I, I, again, at the end of the day, I mean, I definitely think he's the right addition. And, and you know, I mean, he's it's going to be exciting to see what he can do. Obviously, I mean, lots of work to do. But uh, I mean, the trade deadline's only about uh, I think a little over two months. Yeah, a little over two months away. So it, it's going to be an exciting two months for sure. And and to to go back a bit on the language thing, this is a tweet I saw. Uh, I, forgot, I I can't remember who tweeted it out, but I hadn't even thought about it that way. But when, when Claude Julien has been coach of the Montreal Canadiens twice, and him being able to be coach of the Canadiens was never called into question because he has a French name and he speaks French, but he's from Ontario. Like, he's Franco-Ontarian. He's he's not Quebecer. Like, not that I think that there's anything wrong with that, but why – so somehow to these people, he is more Quebecer – than a guy that's born in Montreal, like that's insanity to me. And and like also the, the, the I've seen the point made that oh people claim that oh he he doesn't even live here he hasn't lived here for years he's lived in the states. I mean like you think of a guy like former players like let's say Mar- Mario Lemieux like he's lived in Pittsburgh his, his whole adult, adult life basically. No one would ever claim he is less Quebecer today because that's his name exactly. is Mario Lemieux. You know, like, but it, it, that's completely ridiculous. I mean, th- that narrative just has to stop. I mean, it it just makes them look foolish. And but but honestly, I, I honestly believe that if if the right moves are made and, and it, it, this team gets to the point where he, he, we win, we're just not going to be hearing about that anymore. Like it's it's just it, it's going to be few and far between, and, and, and people are going to forget about it very 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 quickly. No, exactly, exactly. I mean, uh, if you know, I mean, we we. <laughs> It's been said, uh, you know, hundreds of times before here in Montreal. I mean, winning, winning solves everything, right? So, at the end of the day, I mean, they're probably not going to do a whole lot of winning uh, over the next short while, but, but it, it's going to come. And you know, if if Kent Hughes can bring a Stanley Cup home, then uh, nobody's going to be, uh, nobody's going to care how English his name is. No, no, that's uh, that, that that that's for sure. I mean, I don't think it, there's there's. 
no, nothing can can be can, can like a cup can fix anything basically. Not that I think anything should need to be uh, to be fixed, but but yeah. But now I'm I'm excited to see that what like what can we start seeing? Are we gonna start seeing moves happening and all that? I mean, something I'm curious about because there there was Jeff Gordon did say basically that Deshaun was going to be the coach until the the end of the year. But when Deshaun was brought up in the press conference to to Kent Hughes, his answer, I don't think anyone got the impression that it, like it wasn't a ringing endorsement of Deshaun. Like he he essentially said that he he has a specific vision of what he believes a modern hockey coach should be and he looks forward to sitting down with Deshaun and seeing what he thinks about it. And I don't mean to read too much between the lines here, but that to me sounds like he doesn't think that's what Zerchalm is right now. And he's willing to work with him to see if he, he can get to that point. But uh, that, that to me sounds like uh, someone who's going to be choosing a new coach sooner rather than later. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't, I don't think that's going to be a surprise to too many people anyway. Um, I mean, I think really the, the question is how quickly is it going to happen? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there was I don't remember who tweeted it out, but I believe it was somebody in the media re- tweeted it out. Now, now, this was before Kent Hughes was uh, was officially hired. It was a few earlier this week or, or late last week, I believe it was. Um, somebody mentioned that, that actually Dominic uh, Zusham apparently is a, is much more liked in the organization than people. Yeah. People seem to think. And it, it's it's not official that he's going to be leaving. Now, that definitely surprised me. Because it, I don't know. He obviously has not done a very good job. I mean, aside no. from the playoff run last year, his winning percentage is is under thirty percent. Atrocious! It's atrocious. Terrible. Uh, it, um, and I mean, like the work that he's doing with with some of these kids. I mean, and obviously, I mean, you would think moving forward the next couple of years, that's going to be the priority is get, is putting these kids, you know, the young players that that we want to sort of build around in the best opportunity possible or in the best position to succeed possible. And that's clearly not something that's happened, at least for, for the most part, you take a look at Cole Caulfield, most nights, he's one of the least used forwards on the team. And I mean, to me, like, I don't understand whatsoever how, they pulled Caden. Now, obviously, Caden Primo wasn't having the best game, not having the best season. Um, you know, he really hasn't looked super good in Montreal, any game that he's played in Montreal. Uh, but I don't know how exactly he ended up getting pulled. I'm not even sure when exactly he got pulled because it was a surprise to everybody, including yeah. the announcers, that uh, somehow he got pulled. And it doesn't appear to be an injury or anything like that. But why would you pull your potential goalie of the future like that and and hurt his confidence even more than it's already been hurt i uh, in a game that means nothing no i mean this was the 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 arizona game right yeah in the Arizona, that game meant a lot it was very important to lose that game if you're on team (laughs) tank (laughs) well clearly kate kate and primo primo was doing a pretty good job of that yeah yeah i mean the 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 Caden Prim was an interesting one. I, like we we had such high hopes for him, but more and more, I mean, I mean, it's hard to it's. I feel like it's really hard this year to assess the talent of goaltenders because, like for example, yesterday, definitely Moldova was the best match uh, as a Montreal Canadiens. He he still allowed three goals, but he made I believe fifty one saves and and some uh, absolutely phenomenal saves. But I mean, like. It's not like 51 saves. That's insanity, right? Like it, it shouldn't require a 51 save performance to get uh, to and five goals, you know, to get to get a win for 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 this team, right? So, 
Like, how often have we seen goalies we think they're terrible, you know? Like, in the, the years in Edmonton, for, for example. Like, I remember um, Dubnik in Edmonton looked terrible for years. And then he moved to a team that had competent defense. And all of a sudden, he was a pretty... Like, he was never elite, but he was a very solid goaltender for years. So, I just find it so hard to, to, to judge, you know? Like, I don't know. Like, uh, t- time would tell of that, but they, they need to make the moves first. Like, so, so getting, getting back to Kent Hughes, what do you think are... Are the first first do you like do you do you think he's gonna fire Deshaun before uh, the end of this season or or do you not think he's gonna fire Deshaun like he's gonna go to the off season because some people are arguing on Twitter and like you're saying here and I, I kind of get their point that at what point is even if we're going for the tank at what point is Deshaun hurting the progress of these kids like would it be better to just replace him now? I mean. <sighs> You know, it's it, it's tough to say. I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, he's going to, to, to stay for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I, and, and I, I would say that normally that would be the best move. But I mean, some of these things that he does are just so questionable. Like, yeah. like even some of the, like, you know, this whole this whole thing that he's 0 for 11 on the on these coaching challenges, like there there's no way that that was going to get reversed like what the hell was he even thinking in that and yeah. and i and i'm and i know like I, I can't think of every single challenge he's done this season but i remember often thinking like yeah. there's no way that's getting reversed no like, what the there, hell there's been a few times where we've been joking during the game like in our in our group chat saying that he oh i guess uh Dushama's team tank right he wants a pk after this after the, after this goal like and like we we can be huge homers when we're watching games like for sure but like for for us to believe right away that it's gonna it's gonna get reversed. I've, I've laughed at a few of his decisions. Like obviously, it's 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 your fault. You're 0 and 11. Like why are you like why are you advertising? You should be embarrassed by that statistic. But yeah, like it it just some of these the things that he does just seem like so questionable. Like I almost think it's almost like John Tortorella last year when he was trying to get fired halfway through the season. <laughs> like I really don't know, but. But again, obviously, if the you know the, the next coach of the Montreal Canadiens is obviously going to have to be French, of course, and yeah. and like halfway through the season, you don't have your best options. Like, what options would they really yeah. have at this point? I I, I genuinely have no idea. No and idea. I think it, and and even if even if like uh, if Kent Hughes meets up with with Ducham, and let's say hypothetically it doesn't go well, he doesn't really believe that Ducham could can kind of follow the vision that he. He uh, he has for for a modern coach, which I mean, given what we've seen of Zusham and uh, what we heard from from Kent Hughes, I don't think anyone would be surprised by that. Let, let's say that that's what what happens, and he decides in that moment, okay, I need to to, to find a new coach. You got to think that he's gonna he's gonna do some so, some some research first to see what's available there, and as far as what he's looking for, and and also is a French coach, right? Because it it has to be a french coach or like or else it's going to be unfortunately such so much drama right so uh, he's going to have it's going to take time honestly that that, that research is going to take time i wouldn't be against going for someone pretty young with low experience because that's the team right that's to go along with the team we we have to build through the draft and build through our prospects maybe they have to do the same thing with the coaching staff right like get a young guy that can kind of kind of learn along with uh with the team, but for that reason alone, because it's not, I think, going to be an easy job to fill for him. That for that reason alone, I think it waits to the off season. You know, like not whether exactly. or not that's the best thing for the Canadians, I, I don't know, because like you said, it's it's been so many questionable calls. 
and how much is he hurting the confidence of these kids and all that but i think it just it's how it has to happen unfortunately yeah i mean and and obviously he needs time to assess the team too before and 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 you know mm-hmm. really really get a feel for for what he has and what sort of moves he needs uh, he needs to make and then and then you know i think once he has a better grasp of uh, of of you know what he has in front of him and what he can do then at that point you know he'll better he'll have a better idea of what kind of coach he should he should go out and get uh, but but no, I mean, uh, you know, as, as painful as it might sound, I mean, I think we're going to have a, at least a couple more months of Duchamp. But uh, at the end of the season, it's got it. That's got to be it, though. It, it really has to be right. Like, I don't see how it isn't like like even if they turn it around, which like at this point, it's it's so weird watching the games now. Right. Because. I'm I'm never I, like like we've talked about we, I can't root against the team you know it's just it's just I'm not as stressed watching the games obviously but it, it's it's like w- what am I even rooting for like I want the players to do well you know like when I saw uh, Suzuki connect to Foley yesterday that just it it looked like last year's Habs it, that that like that that sequence you know on the two on one. And just beautiful one-timer for Toffoli. And it just like, like all of a sudden I was transported back to the team that I absolutely loved last year during that run. Like, and I want to see that, but at the same time, it's like, okay, Moltabu, you don't have to do 51 saves. Okay, we're, we're going for the for last overall. <laughs> you know, you can calm down. But, you know, obviously they're, the, they're all fighting for the, their, their future in the NHL. But I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see how it goes moving forward because, I mean, it, it does – does Kent Hughes? Because I know people always say, like and the the players always talk about, like the former players that are announcers and all, they always talk about how the players aren't trying to lose, they're never trying to lose, and I I understand that the idea of tanking, the players have no interest in that. Like regardless, they're they're, they're potentially fighting for the future contracts and all that. Like maybe the veterans that already have their long term contracts, they may be checked out a little bit, but it doesn't mean they're losing on purpose. Like a player will never lose on purpose. They don't they don't give a crap about the draft pick. Like they don't they don't care about that at all. But in the past, we have seen GMs make moves that are clearly, you know, in line with wanting the team to to lose for a few years. So does Kent Hughes make those moves? Because we've talked about the obvious, you know, the Ben Chirot and, and Brett Kulak were impending UFAs. But but do you think we're going to see bigger moves? You know, like like even a guy like Tyler Toffoli, who said he, he doesn't want to leave Montreal necessarily. He wants to be part of the solution and seems to have you know, seems to be one of the biggest leaders in their room. Because Zusham said yesterday one of the biggest differences was, was, was to fully coming back and having his leadership. But do you move a guy like him away because, you know, he's kind of in the way of the rebuild in a way? Yeah, you know, it's 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 always sort of a tough balance, right? I mean, trying to to have that leadership, but at the same time, you know, go as young as possible. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it, it's it's sort of like, you know, it, it's, a, it's a really – thin line that you that you're you know trying to dance around here and but i mean you know at the end of the day i mean you you want guys also that want to be here and a, and a guy like to foley i mean it's it it by all accounts it seems like he wants to be here um one guy that definitely comes to mind that definitely he, he he doesn't seem to give a shit anymore is is mike hoffman i mean man has he looked odd, like like he's usually not very good defensively in that and it takes bad a lot of bad penalties but i mean like the last two games, he's just been awful. Um, so, you know, you you definitely want to get rid of guys like that if, if you can. If anybody in the NHL wants Mike Hoffman, gladly give him away. 
Uh, but you know, it, I mean, it's it's always and Hoffman tough, looked good at the beginning of the year. I thought, he right? Did. Like I, he definitely yeah. still has it in the tank, and he's not on a bad contract or anything like that. So I, I could see some teams being uh, being interested in him. And I, I I can't blame a guy like Mike Hoffman that just because for for the guys like Dwayne Anderson, you know, Toffoli, Suzuki, like Lekkonen, like they were there last year, right? So there, there's something. No, they they still remember what it was like, you know, to win here, and they they still know that if they may might still have that feeling that if we figure it out, or or a guy like Toffoli might be like, okay, this is this is a write off this year, but I I really think we have the guys here that that can write the ship for next year, and if the right moves are made, and and it's just kind of a write off year, and I want to be part of that team when 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 they're back on track, right? If you're Mike Hoffman, like you don't care, like you sign here as a UFA in the off season. Uh, because they just went on on a, on a finals run, and you thought maybe that they they could run in back, and you didn't realize the situation with Carey Price, and maybe even with Shea Weber and all that, you don't care. Like I don't blame him for not caring. Like he he he, he he's 32 at this point. He probably just wants to go somewhere where he can where he can win and compete. You know, it's it's fair enough. You know, and like you said, if if we can get assets for him, I'm all for it. I'm all for. It. I want to stack the draft even more than it is for the next few years, like as much as possible. No, oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. If you can get anything for, 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 for him, for Hoffman, I mean, definitely. Uh, but, you know, I mean, I, I, I think the Canadians do have peace, especially at forward. I mean, I think the forward group really isn't that bad. Yeah. Um, I mean, the D is, is definitely just, just really, really bad, obviously. Oh, yeah. um, but, but, you know, I mean, like, especially at forward, I mean, I think they have a lot of pieces. Like I'm so happy to see Dvorak score two goals yesterday. Yeah. You know, I mean, I I think if he he can definitely turn it around. I mean, I think he's a I think lot so better too. than he's shown. I think uh, so too. Know. And like you know, he he's been the by far the best on the faceoff circle, which you know can get overrated, I guess, at times. But you know, that it's worth something. And I think if it wasn't a write-off year, I think he could could definitely be an asset. I th- I think that the name that is most interesting to me at this point on, I don't know what to do with him is Jonathan Dehoy, because. Like at this point, he only has one more year after this year left on his contract. Is it really a guy that that the Canadians are going to re-sign when he's 28 years old? I like probably not. That probably doesn't fit what the Canadians are trying to do. But how much can you really get from for him? You know, I I know there, there's the whole like Quebecer thing that some people wouldn't want to move. Arguably the biggest French Canadian name on the team, but you know you got to do what you got to do. Like what do you, what do you think happens with Drouin? Uh, it's it's tough. I mean, I I think Drouin has had a decent season. I mean, at least comparatively to yeah. like the rest to the rest of the team. But um, you know, I mean, you know, you still gotta gotta have a couple of decent players on the team. And I mean, I think you know it, they'd have to get something. Like I'm not just gonna give Drouin away. Um, I agree. I agree. It's tough. I mean, yeah, like you said, I mean, he only has one year left afterwards. Is he really the kind of guy that like a playoff team is going to take though? For being honest, like he's not necessarily a playoff performer type guy either. And he wasn't even uh, part of the run last year, right? So it doesn't exactly. that doesn't affect his uh, his value at all. Like, if anything, maybe it hurts it the, the fact that the team went on a run despite him being out. You know? Yeah, I, I wouldn't see much of a market for him anyway, to be honest. So I mean. You know, if you could get like a decent return for him, sure, why not? But I mean, uh, you know, I, I don't mind having Dwayne on the team again. I mean, he's been one of the, I mean, you know, I guess bright spots. <laughs> if there is any bright spots on this team, yeah. I guess he's one of them. Um, and you know, 
again, I mean, I think the kid, you know, they have a decent forward group and I think he, he's, he's part of it. You know, he's had, he's had some success this, this season. I think he's got like 19 points in, in 31 games or whatever. Um, but so, I mean, decent so, compared to the rest of the team. So, so then the other name that comes up, if you're really looking at the veteran guys that are you know, making a bit more money, are they going to be part of the rebuild? Is uh is Josh Anderson now? He has a lot of years left on his contract. Yeah, Josh Anderson. I mean, he's a he's a guy that I that I'd be keeping. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I have a love hate relationship as, yeah. as our listeners know with him, but uh, you know, he he's just one of those guys that you you can't find other Josh Andersons. Like yeah, he has absolutely. a very unique skill set. So he's he's de- I mean he's still relatively young too. I think he's 26 or 27. So he's still relatively young. He's definitely one of the guys that I that I build build around. And and again, I mean even that be like you said, I mean he's he's still got quite a few years left. It at I think 5.5 million. So it's not again, I don't think there's going to be a line of teams trying to get him so it sounds like then you're not on team like full rebuild you're not on team blew it up and and rebuild from from scratch you know you kind of just want to you believe in the forward group a few guys can be moved out but the problem is really on defense and we need to find a way to improve that yeah, I mean that's definitely the problem. The defense, I mean, is is just a complete shit show on defense. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of good forwards. Again, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of good complementary forwards, you know, but yeah. it's missing that 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 top end talent. But realistically, you don't get that top end uh, talent unless you you draft it, right? Like so, and so, so it, it's it, it's not going to be through a trade like that that almost never happens right i mean we all love nick suzuki of course and i'm i'm happy to have him on the team long term and, and hopefully cole caulfield you know will will figure it out and this will just end up being a a rough rookie season but what the, the caulfield we saw looks so great in the playoffs and, and and all that is 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 gonna is gonna show up in, in the coming years but part of me thinks that like of the guys that we just talked about i i think I, I there's valid arguments and you gave them to, to hold on to all of these guys, but but realistically you probably have to move on from a couple of them. But like even if it's just a situation, like even if the the Canadians weren't in the bottom right right now, if you want to improve the defense, you kind of have to move some of those forwards away to to to, to kind of put the, some of those assets into improving the defense because that is really like we've been talking about it for years, and it's, I mean especially this year with, with Jeff Petrie's not just been absolutely atrocious. It's just been so bad on defense. I mean, it's just the, although one of the you said the Dwayne is one of the brightest spots. Like I don't, I don't know about that. Like I I, I think Dwayne has been the same old Dwayne that you know sometimes he has flashes and then like it's you get excited again. But Romanov has been one of the brightest spots on this team for sure. Like he's one of the few players that are so fun to watch, and and I really believe he's going to be a, a, a solid guy for this team for, for years to come. Uh, and I and I'd love to see them use a bit more of his uh him a bit more like on the power play and and, and get into his offensive abilities because I do think he has it I do think he can be a, a pretty solid offensive comp- contributor and then like obviously like, the way he throws the body around it's 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 like I, I don't know if it's you that said it but it's like Emlyn with more skill right like uh, one of the brightest spots I think for this year for sure. Yeah, definitely. No, I mean he's he's definitely one of those one of those guys that you want to build around. Um, yeah, I mean, you're probably right with, I mean, the only thing with the way is meant like, I feel like you're, if you're moving him, you're, you're basically moving him for nothing. 
there's that that's yeah. the only concern because yeah i mean you're right i mean at the end of the day you don't want to be stuck in that sort of in that middle that we've often been stuck in stuck in is is canadians fans over the last 20 years i guess where you know you're just barely making the playoffs or you're just barely out of the playoffs and getting like a you know the 15th overall pick or something yeah um, so so yeah i mean you know you probably do got to sit like Anderson's one of the guys that I would try to keep, but like, you know, if you can move a Gallagher, if you can move, well, I mean, price, that's a whole other ball game, but if you can move like Edmondson and, and like, obviously Sherrod is, is a no brainer. Yeah. Uh, like it may, even, even to Foley, I guess. Um, but you know, I mean, you want to be building around guys like, like Suzuki, obviously, like you said, Romanov Caulfield, I mean, probably best to send him to Laval at some point. Uh, even Ryan Paling. I mean, Ryan Paling shown not necessarily as much as you'd like to see from him, but I think he's he's shown enough flashes and and really this whole season is is a write off completely. Oh, you know, for sure. Nobody's living up to to expectations. I think next year, you know, hopefully a lot of these guys and and hopefully the, you know the younger guys will be able to start start over and and it'll be like a fresh, a, you know, a breath of fresh air again. Well. The, they were asked about price in, in, in the press conference, and uh, it, it, the answer was very interesting. It was very much a uh, like, – of course, the main concern was health. And then uh, after that, they basically said the, the goalie that was there in the playoffs last year is the best in the world. And I don't think anyone uh, really that follows the Habs would disagree with that. But it didn't necessarily sound like they were kind of – like at this point, do you think Carey Price ends his career as a Montreal Canadian? I mean, it's, it's really like, really who knows what's going on with Gary Price. I mean, yeah. I, I, I can't even say with, with a hundred percent confidence that he plays another game. I mean, who knows what the hell's going on right now? Fair enough. It's fair right? enough. I and mean, then, yeah. And Angela has been, been just so great on, uh, on, uh, on Instagram too, right? With, <laughs> with all her, her stuff. Not that it says anything about price necessarily, but it's just unfortunate that that's the type of stuff that everyone's talking about. Uh, when it comes to price, but yeah, like I, it, it's like we're talking about it, and like it's like I'm not necessarily disagreeing with these going back and forth. Like Kent Hughes has a huge job ahead of him. Like, but like both, like I, I'm so happy that I, I think it's it's really really good that it's a situation that we're in where there's two great minds that can kind of work off of each other in, in in Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon because this is not an easy job. I mean, this is not an in, these decisions aren't easy. And if he looks at the lineup and he just he determines. We need to blow this up. I, I'm not mad at that either. I'm like, that might be the solution. I just, I just don't know. I, I, it's, it's really, really hard to say. Like, I totally get your point that this forward group is not as bad as what we're seeing this year. But can we realistically rebuild, like, retool this team without blowing it up to get and get to the point where they can be a contender? Or is the only way to get to the to the point of being a contender is to really blow it up and and and, and move move a bunch of those assets away that that I do think we could get some you know solid returns for. So I don't know. I'm I'm so curious to see what in, in what in what direction they go with this because I I really think it could go either way. But these two these two guys that are now at, at like running the ship, they don't seem like they're scared to to go for a full rebuild at all. So I would not be shocked if it's a complete blow it up situation. Not, I mean, I, I, w- I wouldn't be too surprised either. I mean, they, di- they definitely didn't see. I mean, obviously they didn't say they were going with the, re- with the rebuild, but they, they def- definitely didn't seem to to completely like, disregard yeah, the idea yeah. either. 
Um, and, and, you know, I mean, one, one good point, I, again, I forget who the hell posted. It was somebody in French media anyway, that posted, posted the fact that, um, you know, that, that they had talked to, uh, to, to, I think agents and, and anyway, people that are in the NHL, um, around people, uh, well, players that are going to, are going to be free, free agents. And basically they've said that there's a lot of free agents that are just saying if any, not just the Canadians, but any can Canadian team calls, to not even listen because of the whole COVID thing, right? Because of all the, yeah. the restrictions, uh, you know, and we've even seen players on our own team that, well, I mean, you know, a a Angela Price and even Jeff Petrie's wife, um, she's left Montreal. She's went back to Michigan where, where I, I believe he's from uh, just because, you know, they don't want to deal with the restrictions anymore. And that's obviously something that, you know, a lot of free agents don't want to deal with on top of everything already, obviously that the higher taxes and the language issue. So, we're not going to be getting any any top free agents probably at least over the next couple of years either. So, you know, may, maybe it is full rebuild time. You know, yeah, it's it, it like that to me makes it sound like it's 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 the perfect time to go for the full rebuild. You know, and you you arguably have an excuse to make too. You know, uh, it's and it's something that like that the team has never truly done. And it, it's like we've seen other teams do it, and then they come out of it just. Like, I'm not even talking about being just a cup contender. Like, I just want to have a team that for, you know, three, four, five years, like we've seen other teams do, are competitive every single year. And just, like, imagine being a fan of, like, the Colorado Avalanche, right? And so they haven't, they've, they've won more recently than the Canadians, but they haven't won, like, that recently at this point. And then, but you just get to watch those players play every night at, at, at least. Like when does the Canadians have any anyone even near the level of guys like Nate McKinnon or Carol McCarr and all that? Like I just I just want that, you know. I just I just want to be able to enjoy that before even talking about going on a cup run. So the idea of of needing to kind of suffer quote unquote through like a full rebuild for a few years, I'm I'm not against it. I'm not against it because I'm just sick of being middle of the pack constantly. And I don't care that the team made the final last year. It was a middle of the pack team that. It worked. It worked, and it worked sometimes, and it happened, and they made it. They made it far, but it's it's, it's not it's not going to happen again anytime soon with with this group. I, I really don't think so. No, uh, there's definitely too many too many things that need to be corrected. Uh, you know, and uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, if if you take a look at basically any of the top teams in the NHL that have been successful over the last couple of years, I mean. That's how they did it, right? I mean, that's how the Avalanche got Nathan McKinnon. That's how they got Landeskog. That's how they got Kale McCarr, right? By yeah. by having those top five picks. And you know, I mean, the Canadians over the last ten years have had two third overall picks, right? And they haven't paid have haven't panned out very well. So that's something they have to do is when they do get these picks, I like mean, obviously they're gonna have Kuk to. Kutkin would be the top goal scorer on the team if he was still with the Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> He's obviously on a much better team than Montreal. Hey, I don't, I don't care. I would be much happier having the young center still on the team the season we're having right now. And the fact that this needs to be a rebuild, you know, like that whole situation was handled so poorly. I mean, I entirely blame Bergeron for losing Kotkaniemi. I, I get that there's an argument that can be made that it was smart not to, to match, but he created that monster, you know, anyways. Yeah, no, absolutely. He, yeah. Yeah, it, it's crazy to think like six months after, you know, being in the Stanley Cup final, we have a new GM. It's crazy. 
Yeah, no, it's yeah, it's, yeah it, it, it really is. I mean, I just, I, I, I can't wait to see what it is though. It just, I, I really have like, I think this press conference, like you said, it was weirdly one of the most exciting things to happen this year. And you saw it all over Twitter. Everyone was saying the same thing. It's, it's the most excited they've felt about the team in the last in the last few months. And and hopefully all these stupid haters that think it's such a big deal that he had, that he, he, his name is Anglophone and he has a bit of an accent, which is so freaking ridiculous, actually paid attention to the press conference and, and, and got the same thing that we did, that we have some smart hockey minds running this team now. And, uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what they can do to turn it around. Uh, but, uh, I mean, it's going to be a rough few years for sure. Like, it's, I mean... It needs to be more than one top five pick. It needs to be multiple, you know? No, exactly. I mean, you know, I mean, they're obviously going to get a a pretty solid player this year, but, uh, you know, not that, not really any generational talents this year, but, uh, you know, if we could get a a top two pick next year, I mean, there's, you know, there's two, if we could get Connor Bedard or Matt Vey, Mikhaev there, I mean, or Mikachev, that, that would be a pretty solid if we could get one of those two guys. I mean, you know, it's it's going to be one of those things. I mean, like you said, it's going to be probably a rough couple of years. Um, but, I mean, hopefully it uh, it works out a little bit better than Gal Chenyuk and we'll cut Kenyatta's time here in the, with the Canadians. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it should, it should. and or, 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 or at the very least, you know, like, can we have, like, a surprise pick, too, you know, that ends up being a star or something along those lines? I don't know. I just... I just I, I I I just I just want that I just want that I mean I, I guess I guess Suzuki we got it with with the trade you know we never expected him to be to be that good but uh, yeah and the more I talk I'm, I'm talking myself into a full rebuild it has to be a full rebuild I think yeah I mean uh, you know that it's pro- it's probably the best thing at the end of the day I mean uh, again I mean the worst thing for the Canadians it would be to just be stuck in that sort of middle ground again I mean. You know, let's let's move some of these older guys. We have some young pieces, and I mean, let and and by the way, I mean Kent Hughes, his son, actually, I think both his sons actually play at Northeastern with Jordan Harris. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that that's a big talking point. Yeah. The, the, if if that means we don't lose uh, the Jordan Harris, that'd be huge. Yeah, man, that 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 definitely. I mean, not not just Jordan Harris, but also uh, 2019 second rounder Jaden Struble. So, yeah, yeah. You know, if you can convince them two to come over, I mean, that helps. That obviously, I, mean, I don't expect either one of them to uh, to be a top two defenseman right off the bat, but that uh, it, it would help the rebuild a little bit. That's for sure, and especially on defense where it's sorely yeah. sorely needed. But that's an, it's another situation where you worry that uh, the the whole COVID stuff is is not gonna not gonna help. I mean, you you you'd hope that they can that those guys will consider the fact that by the time, you know, it really matters to them, we might be past this whole this whole thing. But uh, just looking at it at first glance, like it, it's 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 all the more reason to build through the draft because uh, this stuff is gonna it was already so difficult to to convince guys to come play uh, north of the border. It's, it's it just got that much harder in the last few years. Yeah, no, exactly. But, uh, you know, I mean, I think one one, at least for me, was like maybe a mildly positive sign was that when uh, Jordan Jordan Harris scored, uh, was it yesterday or the day before uh, the Canadians retweeted it? Yeah. And it's not something that I remember seeing too often. Yeah. So it's very interesting. You know, maybe that's a positive sign. And I mean, if I was a prospect, if I'm Jordan Harris, 
like there's been a lot of talk that he's going to go home to Boston. I mean, if if I'm a prospect, I would want to go to the team where I have the best chance of playing as quickly as possible. Yeah. Yeah. What team what what team has less depth basically on defense than the Canadians? There can't be any, right? Like it has to be Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even I'm not even sure the Seattle Kraken that have like 30 games in the NHL have yeah. <laughs> have less depth than the Canadians. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean time will tell. We'll see. Oh, man, but now it's like for the rest of this season. So now the GM's been named. Now I guess we're just waiting for the trade deadline, right? Like it's just what what, what why why are we watching? What what is our reason to watch in the in, in the coming days? You know, like at, at what point do the rumors of uh, Patrick Roy being the next coach of the Canadians start? You know, because now that he didn't get the GM job. Oh my God, it's it's just never gonna go away. It never will. It never will. That like my main argument to giving him the job was just so that he could get fired after a few years and then we can stop talking about it forever. Oh my God. But I mean, I think, and I, you know, I've been saying this since the beginning of the year. I mean, what, you know, you you just want to see positives and, and I mean, that's, that's definitely something we saw against the stars, you know, that we saw a lot of positives there. Um, You know, I mean, guys are starting to come back from injury. You know, obviously, Tavoli's back now. Anderson's back now. Byron, it looks like he's going to be back shortly. Hopefully, Edmondson's back relatively soon. Um, Ed- Edmondson may be a guy that we could uh, potentially move at the deadline. He, I'm sure, could get a pretty good return, especially seeing as he has one year left on his de- – at least one. Yeah, I think one year, years, year left on his two deal. Years. Two years. Even yeah. better. Um, so, I mean, you know, with them back, I think we're going to start seeing a little bit more positives. Hopefully, some of these young guys – well, I mean, definitely, especially Cole Caulfield, obviously, hopefully we can maybe if we see Primo again, hopefully he can he can be a little bit better. Uh, you know, I mean, you just want to see a little bit more fight because obviously that's not something we've seen too often this season. You know, I, I mean, the game against the Coyotes was I mean, they basically made the Coyotes look like an all star team. Yeah, I mean, but again, against the Stars, I mean, should they have won that? I mean, Montembeau obviously stood on his head. They gave up 51 shots or whatever it was, um, and it, it, probably not a game they should have won, but at least they showed a lot of fight. They scored, you know, five goals in that game, so at least some positives to take away from that game. And, it, and that's some, some positives, that's, but do we want them to go on a run now, or do you, like it, it, that's what's so hard to watch in this, these situations, right? I mean, maybe they've built enough of a cushion uh, that like because even if they went like on a on a you know, a streak of like eight wins and two two losses in ten games, they'd still be bottom five, right? Like, like, like they're they're so far down right now. Uh, they, I mean, Buffalo, those Canadians are thirty second. Buffalo is twenty eighth, and they have a ten point lead on the Canadians. So, <laughs> at least the Canadians have a good cushion there. I mean, there, I don't think we there is any reason to fear the the top 10 protected first round pick. I mean that that's definitely going to going to stay in Montreal for uh for, for this year, but that that's what makes it so difficult in these uh, in these kind of kind of seasons, you know, cuz I don't want to root for them to lose. I just can't do it. But I understand logically that it's the best for the team to lose. So that I think that's what makes it so hard to watch the games cuz it's like what what am I rooting for, you know? And <laughs> watching the game, I had the game on yesterday and I was I was watching on RDS and I was so impressed with Pierre Rude. He was like calling the goals like we were in the Stanley Cup Finals again. Like he was shouting. Like I missed one. I was in the kitchen like getting a drink and then he shouted like it was you know like like we just qualified to 
we like 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 the as loud as he did when like Lekin in school. I guess it wasn't it wasn't him for the for the playoffs. But you know what I mean? It's almost like he feels like he needs to he he's bitter that he couldn't do it in the playoffs and I was just like props to him man. What a what a pro cuz I don't care that much about the games I'll tell you that much. <laughs> but I mean like yeah, you know, you want them to get the best pick possible, but like at the same time, first of all, if they finish dead last, they still only have like a twenty-five percent chance in the first. Not, overall not pick. even that. It's, it's less than that. It's, it's less than that. It's like about it's also, twenty. Yeah, like Shane Wright's a very good player, but he's not a guy that's he. It's not Sidney Crosby. It's not even Connor Bedard. Like the, he's he's a very good player, but he's not going to be a franchise-changing player. Um, you know, nobody in this draft is so. You know, whether they get Shane Wright or a guy, you know, like like Simon Nemich, like the second, third, fourth overall, it's not going to be the biggest difference in the world. You know, next year is the year that I'd like to get the first overall pick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's fair enough. And by the way, you are right. It is 25. It's like 25.7%. For some reason, I thought it was, it was less than that. But yeah, it's it's a good point. At the end of the day, like I said, they they have a ten point lead on the last place, on the fifth place team. So like, so do you think then if you get like so because I because that's been the, the conversation. Shane Wright's kind of been people have been like kind of iffy on him lately. So do you think at this point? But it sounds like the top ten is solid, but it's not top and heavy. Am I right in saying that that there's a there's a lot of solid players that are going to be impact players, but maybe there isn't that like generational player. No, it's definitely not a generational player. I mean, I, I think Shane Wright, um, you know, he's he's been he hasn't put up very good points this year and he hasn't looked amazing this year as, as good as people were hoping that he would look. And, you know, I, I think that has to do a lot with like the fact that the OHL didn't play last year. So he's sure, maybe sure. maybe a little bit rusty in that. Um, so, you know, I, I think he's he's better than people that are getting giving him credit for. He's still a. I would say a slam dunk to be the first overall pick, but uh, again, he's he's not going to be a, a superstar by any stretch. You know, a lot of a lot of people are com- um, comparing him to Patrice Bergeron, who obviously is a great player. I'd love to have him on the team, but he's not a guy that's going to single-handedly turn the team around either, right? Oh, I don't um, know about that. If you're telling me he's Patrice Bergeron, I mean, that's like one of the most consistent best players in the, in the last. Uh, 15, 20 years, you know, like, uh, I think, uh, yeah, we're, I, I, yeah, I we're, we're not talking about like McDavid or Crosby or something. No, right? sure, sure, sure. But like what, what, what my question is more though, is there a large, so you said he's still a slam dunk probably first overall, but is there that large of a gap if the Canadians end up with the fifth overall instead, you know? No, I wouldn't say so. I mean, I think they're definitely, they're still going to get a really, really good hockey player. Um, you know, I mean, there, there's definitely a lot of very talented players there in the, yeah, I'd, I'd say in the top 10. So yeah. regardless, they're going to get a really solid player. Um, might not necessarily be Shane Wright. And if they don't get Shane Wright, it's not the end of the world either. So we, and, can, and, we can go ahead as have fans and celebrate the wins and celebrate the goals and then be excited for it and not worry too much about dr- dropping in the standings with the cushion the Canadians have given themselves to this point in the season. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, too, I mean, like, yeah, you know, you want them to get the best pick, but at the same time, you don't want them to lose every single game and then, oh, like, for sure, for sure, you know, have this sort of losing culture, especially with all these kids. Um, so, you know, you, you want to see them work hard, play hard, you know, hopefully get a couple of wins, not too many wins, but, you know, just enough. Just enough, yeah. Uh, even if they only win like every other game they're still not going to move that much up in the standings, but they would need to go on a run to kind of really move up in the standings. And just realistically, they we're talking like, it's like, because 
it's like we're uh, I'm nervous because they won one game where the goalie had to make 51 saves. Like Montabo is not having another 51 save performance. I don't think we have to worry about that. But the thing is, the veterans look good. It was it, it, yesterday. Like like I said, like that goal Suzuki to to, to Foley and then Devorak getting two goals. Uh, Anderson got one got a goal too. I mean, Dewey's had some good flashes lately. If those guys decide to start playing and play well, but then the defense is still the, the defense, right? So I, I guess that's a, uh, I think uh, a Saval is going to do his part in uh, keeping us at the bottom of the standings. <laughs> oh, exactly. I mean, like, you know, again, Moulton like played on his head last yeah, night, stood yeah. on his head last night, and he still allowed three goals. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and like they hit the post like, I mean, four or five times. So they yeah. very easily could have lost that game, even though Moulton played maybe his, the best game he's ever played in the NHL. Yeah, um, yeah. And you know what? And one other thing, I mean, about the, uh, the about the draft lottery this year is it uh, a new thing coming this year? Is that if you you can't win two years in a row? Yeah. So if they do get Shane right this year, then they can't get well either Bedard or, or I mean Matvey Mitchkov would be a pretty good uh, consolation prize. But uh, you know, anyway, they're gonna get a good player regardless. Yeah. No. Exactly. Exactly. So I think I think as fans we can just enjoy the rest of the games and. Uh, but then I'm kind of like fire the coach then bring in a better coach. But that we talked about that before. Like who are they going to even hire if they do fire him? So, all right. I mean, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I mean, let, let's see if uh, if I can't Hughes can stay undefeated as as a coach of the of the Montreal Canadiens uh, so far. I mean, he's got perfect records. Huh? He's doing pretty good so far. So, I think that uh, that does it. Is there anything else you wanted to cover on uh, on your hand before the end the episode? I mean, uh, I mean, a couple of exciting things. I mean, well, regarding prospects, first of all, uh, 2019, yeah, 2019 fifth round goaltender Frederick Decau uh, got named to the Denmark uh, Olympic team. So, I mean, that's pretty cool. He's yeah. having a great year this year. Um, so, yeah, so the I'm not sure if he'll end up being starting goaltender, but hopefully he'll get in uh, at least a game. And Laval Rocket are starting to play again. I mean, they've uh, so they played three games this week, won the first two, lost the last game, getting shut out by former Hab, former Hab great Keith Kincaid. And uh, <laughs> another, ex- and uh, well, the ECHL all-star game just happened uh, early. Was it Sunday or Monday? Yeah, I think on Monday. And there's a uh, four, four, uh, 12 heavy eye lines there. So that, uh, that's pretty exciting too. So uh, the Habs might not have a whole lot of positives aside from Ken Hughes being hired, but uh, at least there are some positives to take a look at uh, in the rest of the organization. All right, good, good, good to hear. Always, always there to bring us the the good news, Dustin. That's uh, that's why that's why the people listen. That's why <laughs> that's why they need us. All right. So uh, that uh, that does it for uh, for this week's episode. I'm sure we'll be back. Uh, we'll be back definitely as soon as Kent Hughes starts making moves. I'll tell you that much. But uh, now that the Canadians are playing a bit more consistently too, we'll actually have some games to talk about. So as always, follow us at the Habs Forum on Twitter to know when the next episode is going to drop and uh, ask us your questions. So we always love to, uh, to answer them there. Uh, so as always, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you next week.